cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and I'm very excited to have continuing coverage on the Silver Anvil Awards for the Public Relations Society of America, which will commence on June 14th. And today is no different than any other day during this series. We have two tremendous top finalists um, that are going to be joining us today. And uh, the first one is uh, someone that everyone is aware of. Very, very important to be aware. Um, We are talking about National Breast Cancer Awareness Month 2006, Associations and Nonprofit Organizations. It's Weber Shanwick and the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation. Uh, And we have with us today Emily Callahan, who is Director of Communications for the Susan G. Komen for the Cure. And uh, as the Director of Communications, my goodness, this woman is amazing. She provides communication counsels to the organization's 125 affiliates and its executive committees on all organization initiatives and issues. She is the chief architect of the organization's upcoming observance of its 25th anniversary. Um, she work, She's worked uh, as a supervisor at the Dallas office for Edelman, as you all know, the world's largest publicly held public relations firm. She's also won honors as a 2006 PR News nonprofit PR person, honorable mention. Um, and as well, we have with us um, Don Kale, who is the senior vice president managing enterprise software, IT services, and telecom clients in the Dallas office of Weber Shanwick. And um, she's done amazing work for, obviously, Susan G. Komen, Unisys, um, She's worked um, on an amazing amount of, of various um, large events as well. Um, she's here today. So without further ado and me rambling, welcome Dawn and Emily. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks. And you, thanks for having us on. Oh, we're so excited. And what great work you've done. You guys must be so excited. You're a finalist in the Silver Anvils. No, it's wonderful. We always say that we are so blessed with what we do because our everyday jobs, we know we're making a difference out there in the world. So it's just such an honor for to be recognized um, for the, the great work that the team has been doing. It's tremendous. And you know what it is? It's very, very good to be able to wake up with purpose in the morning and know, know what you're doing. You're uh, creating a legacy. It makes a tremendous difference. You're creating a legacy. So for those who are not familiar with the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer, Breast Cancer Foundation, can you give us a little background on the foundation, please? Sure. We actually um, just changed our name, so we are now Susan G. Coleman for The Cure, and that has a lot to do with what we're about. We started 25 years ago, um, one woman's promise to her sister, Nancy Brinker, to her sister, Susan G. Coleman, who died at a very young age of breast cancer. And it was back in a time when no one said the words breast cancer out loud. You talked about in whispers the big C, and there was just a lot of angst over the disease. And Nancy, um, watching her sister die, holding her hand, Susie said, Nancy, you've got to do something. You've got to promise that other women won't suffer like this, that will bring it out of the shroud of secrecy and shame and really do something um, in the world. And so 25 years ago, Nancy started Komen with 200 bucks and a shoebox full of names. And today we are the global leader in the fight against breast cancer. We um, are the world's largest private investor in breast cancer research and community outreach programs. We're probably best known for the Coleman Race for the Cure series, mm-hmm. the world's largest 5K run walks that have spawned a lot of other um, 5K walks. And that's kind of the, the genesis of who we are and the work that we're doing. Good for you. Good for you. And unfortunately, you know, cancer is one of the most global diseases that exists today. Yes. So anything that anyone can do to truly raise awareness and rise above the clutter to get that messaging across and make sure that people uh, are informed so early detection can can resolve, hopefully, um, you know, the, the quality of people's lives going forward. Good for you. Thank you. I think one of the things we've seen, too, is that we've gone into a little bit of a culture of complacency. We're so used to hearing 
loved ones and family members and book club friends, you know, someone has cancer or more specifically breast cancer, mm-hmm. I think we have become accustomed to that and forget what a global tragedy is. We know that, you know, breast cancer and cancer kill more people than AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis combined. Yet, oh and it's good to have attention for all of those things, but I think we forget sometimes the problem that's right here facing us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, let's talk about what you guys are doing. So I'm going to read just the research behind this. And, okay. and so, so everyone sort of knows, you know, do the little setup here for for your um, for your status. Um, the breast cancer claimed the lives of more than 40,000 women and men in 2005 with more than 200,000 diagnosed. The Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation, um, which is now um, for the cure, and Weber Shanwick developed a national media relations campaign designed to continue to raise breast cancer awareness while increasing the Komen Foundation's share of voice during the October 2006 National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. The program focused on positioning the Komen Foundation as a leader and trusted expert for breast cancer-related stories in October. Since early detection of breast cancer dramatically improves survival rates. The Komen Foundation's goal is to raise breast cancer awareness. NBCAM provides an opportunity to reach more women with more messages through more media outlets. NBCAM also presents a challenge to rise above the clutter of misinformation to disseminate correct breast health messages that can save lives. To help increase the Komen Foundation's share of voice, Komen and Weber Shanwick developed a strategy to increase the organization's visibility as a trusted resource for breast health information and ultimately bring important timely information to more women. Also in October 2005, Komen announced a new fundraising and educational program called Passionately Pink for the Cure, PPFTC. Weber Shanwick and Komen were charged with generating awareness and driving participation of this exciting interactive Wear Pink to Work awareness and fundraising activity. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. So let's talk first about, because a lot of what you're doing is, you know, obviously it's it's a global good for cancer in general, and of course, a special focus on breast cancer. But you are really trying to raise the voice and keep it a single voice focused on um, Susan G. Komen, correct? Yes. Um, when Don and I were talking earlier about strategy, really for us it is that twofold. It is helping to use this time when everyone in the world is paying attention to breast cancer to help educate people and really encourage them and empower them to take charge of their health and help their loved ones. And then also to make sure that they know that Common is a go-to source, that we're here for help and support and education. We're a great way to get involved in the cause so you know that you're making a difference and that we are putting monies to good work, causing change in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Don, let's talk a little bit about the research involved in setting up the plan of action for the submission. Well, we did a lot of research. Um, A little bit of background on what we did with... um Susan G. Komen for the Cure is um, we started working with the um, working with Emily and her team um, a year and a half ago um, when, when we had implemented this program and so the first time we had um, reached October we weren't able to do as much research as we wanted in order to really um, look at the key messages and really what messages would resonate um, with media and how the spokespeople were portrayed so we did extensive research working working with our um, our media intelligence group to, to really look at what were the some, 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 some expected quantitative metrics as well as these dominant themes and how media portrayed not only Komen but other breast cancer organizations that were also talking about um, you know the, the similar topics um, and we really looked at how um, how to better position Komen's spokespeople um, in 2006 okay so how did you go so what was what um, what were the findings from your research and then how did you mold that going forward Forward. Well, the findings were, what we found was that Coleman actually had the, a very impressive share of voice with 58% of the share of voice on, on articles about breast cancer that ran in 2005. And so while Coleman was clearly the leader, we wanted to make sure that Coleman was a leader in, in top-tier publications that reached the largest audience to make sure that these life-saving messages were getting to the people that really needed them. And so, um, so what we did was we looked at, we saw that there, they had a strong share of voice. American Cancer Society had 35% share of voice, and then Breast Cancer Research Foundation had 21% share of voice. Um, another, um, some other um, breast cancer organizations, both um, Avon and Breast Cancer Action, um, had coverage declines we found in 2005. So we took this information um, to see also who had, who had the most spokespeople and how they were, um, how they were, were portrayed. Okay, and, and how, how were they portrayed? Well, American Cancer Society was had a powerful voice in the breast cancer market because they they are who the media relies on for statistics and research based information about mm-hmm. the disease. 
but what and they also have some similar programs that help raise funds but what we what we found was that Coleman actually had um, Coleman had just as compelling information on breast cancer um, as ACS, but they just didn't have the specific statistics. So we looked for ways to show for Coleman to really give strong commentary on what people can do to um, to help raise awareness about breast cancer. And I think most important for us is looking at, you know, in the in the breast cancer space, there's we're all in it together. There's a huge collective goal of all the information that everyone is trying to share. And what we don't want to do is oversaturate people with the same information over and over again that somebody else might be able to provide. So it was worthwhile for us to realize that the media does need to rely on ACS for statistics. We rely on ACS for mm-hmm. statistics. Mm-hmm. But we also saw a huge gap in being able to translate information for patients, to break it down so that someone sitting you know, at home in rural Oklahoma, where I'm from, you know, is able to process that information and have the latest and greatest available to them in a way that's meaningful and that they can understand. And so it was, it was less about, you know, so much of a competitive audit, but also figuring out where the gaps were and where we could be helpful as we all work together to kind of to figure this out. Which is not, which is, I mean, I think that's really important because I, I do agree. I mean, I think sometimes people can be oversaturated. And as you, um, you know, when we began this conversation, you guys spoke about, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of messaging out there and that people become benign to it sometimes because you mm-hmm. become desensitized. So I think it's brilliant that you did research and you're like, okay, where are the gaps? Where can we shine the most and make the most difference? Yeah, in addition to looking at kind of Komen and other um, breast cancer organizations, we also looked at just editorial tone quality mm-hmm. and story prominence. And we found that Komen really did lead the way, but we could really improve on making sure that Komen is included in headlines and leads, um, as well as ensuring that their spokespeople are taking a more prominent role in the story by giving um, life-saving information. Which is and it was so helpful for us when you're looking at these gaps and what stories are being covered for us to kind of sit back and say, we know pretty much every publication is going to cover National Breast Cancer Awareness Month in some way, shape, or form. So how do we also help drive the content? And, and the other case is, you know, editors have been looking at this now for 20 years trying to cover this topic. How do we help them with new and fresh information, different perspectives, different story angles? What are we hearing from our constituents, their, their angst, their worries, um, their enthusiasms, their survivor stories of hope? You know, how do we channel all those and help shape editorial content that is, again, what we're all trying to do, which is be most useful to the readers and the viewers and the listeners? Which is uh, which is so important, and, and you know, a, a reoccurring theme here is that the more the more you can provide to the media outlets and help craft a story and make their life easier, the, the right. more you know, the more exposure obviously you're going to get. So in planning, your you know your goals were pretty much twofold. One was raising awareness, um, as as the you know as um, Susan Komen for the Cure as a destination source for information about breast cancer research, education, screening, and treatment, which is important. You raising the profile of the Komen Foundation with multicultural outlets, and then mm-hmm. launch the Passionately Pink Cure program to help raise awareness and fund to support research. And I think it's important to note that you know October is an interesting time frame. It is so busy, and every group related to breast cancer is doing activities around that time. Not to mention, Coleman alone has 130 corporate partner programs that are mm-hmm. active during the month of October. Mm-hmm. That's 130 different companies with products and programs and initiatives, and so it can get really, really cluttered. And so knowing that, we had to really focus on, again, going back to where are those gaps and where do we want to make our inroads in terms of placing stories that we know others won't or helping generate those story ideas that um, maybe wouldn't normally get out there. Uh, and, and because we know that you know, we're in a position where we need the media. We greatly need them to help us communicate messages mm-hmm. and reach out to people. So sitting back and having all that data was so helpful in helping us construct meaningful stories and interviews and story angles that could achieve some of our goals. Which is terrific. So you really focused, for this program, you really focused on the populations of African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanics, and Native Americans. And you also, you customize this to deliver breast health messages, like in culturally appropriate ways. So like as you were saying, if, you know, your focus is on someone in Oklahoma, that person has the ability to absorb the information and utilize it. So it's not, so it's being delivered in the way that they need. Right. Our coverage is really kind of that twofold side. We definitely, 
you know, during October, it's such a prime education time, and there's so much misinformation, and also just kind of an overwhelming vat of confusing information. People hear different things every day, so how could we help clarify, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to pay attention to. And on the other side, because it is such a prime opportunity for fundraising, we look at October and our corporate partner programs as a way for anyone to get involved in the cause where they live, work, or play. Mm -hmm. We try to construct opportunities that are meaningful to you, whether you're a, a pet lover or an outdoorsman or, you know, a savvy shopper. And so that's kind of the other side of our focus is really using this as a time to encourage people, you know, get involved now and stay involved year round since breast cancer happens every day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's discuss a little bit because I, I personally think that, and this is this is a, a brandy comment, this is not a Webmaster Radio comment or anyone else's comment, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, every charity is a good charity and not everyone has the ability to put their hands in their pocket to contribute. But there's a lot of things that you can do mm-hmm. that can make you feel good that are going to make a difference to the whole. And I think it's tremendous when you get corporations to, you know, match, um, you know, match on purchases, giving percentages of, of total buys. If they're just, give, you know, handing out literature this is a wonderful way. Yes, they're promoting themselves, but they're also giving back to a community they benefit from. Now, and that's a huge conversation. We could spend a lot of time from a, <laughs> a marketing standpoint because we've really spent some time, and another strategy of ours during October as part of the education is there's also a lot of confusion and a lot of scrutiny on you know, cause marketing and charity partnerships. And so we also use this time to put out, Coleman has kind of five questions we recommend every consumer ask themselves before they participate in any cause marketing program to know that the money's going where it should go and that they are feeling good about the, the contribution they're making. And so that was a big part of our feature coverage too because it helped our corporate partners Absolutely. by educating and drawing attention to the good work they do. Because so many, we've kind of made it a requirement that our corporate partners carry our educational messages. So if you go buy a New Balance jacket, you're not only going to read about that product, but you're going to flip it over and you're either going to read our story or you're going to read an educational message that reminds you that one in eight women can be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. And so that's been a strong play in using those partner programs as kind of a twofold opportunity, not only to raise funds, but really to educate. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, everyone wins because it doesn't look like it's over, you know, it doesn't come off as overly self-serving, but there's a captive built-in audience that absolutely needs to be educated. So if they're captive, you might as well be able to give the messaging that's important for them to have. And it's tremendous for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, as a nonprofit, we have limited resources, so it absolutely... Between the media and the corporate partner programs, it helps us reach millions mm-hmm. we would never reach on our own through traditional PR and marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with this very important campaign for the Susan G. Komen Foundation with Don Kale and, I apologize profusely, and Emily Callahan. How could I forget? <laughs> Thanks. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnick Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new fangled plasma TVs? Well, cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. Yeehaw! Hey there, it's cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com and we'll have you so happy you'll be squealing like a pig. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this very 
important edition of Cover Story. I have with me Don Kale, who is a senior vice president uh, managing enterprise software um, for Weber Shanwick, as well as Emily Callahan, who is the director of communications for the Susan G. Komen for the Cure. Uh, and of course, we are discussing their very important finalist status for the Silver Anvil Awards from the Public Relations Society, uh, associations, and nonprofit organizations. Welcome back. Thanks. So, God, you guys, I mean, this is such important work. And I think it's, you know, first of all, I think for people listening, and I, and I love that you're talking about, you know, non-traditional versus traditional, and you're bringing in corporate partnerships. I think it's great when you get funding, but when you can, when you can offer, when you can really think out of the box and execute um, messaging in a way that gets into, like you said, the hands of people that would normally not be exposed to this or exposed to it in such a, a focused message sort of a way, exactly the way that you want them, you know, the way it's intended for them to receive the information. This is so terrific. Who started, um, you know, who really has been pushing for those sort of relationships the most? And how did you guys develop those initially? On the cause marketing side, we have a really strong cause marketing team. And actually, our our history, because Coleman was really a pioneer in cause marketing, it, it all started with our Race for the Cure events. Those um, started nearly 25 years ago. Nancy concocted this idea in her living room sitting around with her friends and said, let's do something. It was kind of the, the leg warmers and Jane Fonda craze that right. we all went through and said, let's get, let's get these women out here and let's get them in pink and let's, let's do something um, from a fitness perspective. And her friend said, you are crazy. No one's going to come out. There were husbands who said, I don't want my wife's names to be attached with this fundraiser because it talks about breast cancer. And they thought, no one's going to come to this event. And it was in Dallas for the first time, and 800 people showed up in the rain, growing strong. And now we have over 100 race events throughout the world. But that really started it from an event sponsorship standpoint. And finding these corporate partners who were so passionate in these early days. We have partners who've been with us from the very beginning, like New Balance and others, Mm -hmm. who wanted to take it far beyond just giving dollars for a sponsorship. And it kind of created the idea of cause marketing. And how could they take something that is so meaningful to their consumers, women and men, Absolutely. And turn those into a partnership that's long-lasting throughout the year that helps them certainly you know, generate brand awareness, but also make a difference in the communities they serve. Absolutely. And to me, that is so important, you know, outside the fact that, you know, obviously with partnerships like that, they get far better exposure because then they're incorporated in public service announcements and, um, you know, remnant ads and all sorts of other things that you've negotiated on their behalf. So it really is, it's, it's. It's such a positive. I, you know, I, I really hope that more companies become more involved. And you're seeing this. I mean, there is definitely a trend this year as far as the finalist status for the Silver Anvil Awards. Um, and you guys did a great job. I just want to keep you people forever because I think what you do is so tremendous and we're running out of time. This is not fair. No, you're great. Thanks for giving us the, the chance to talk about it. No, this is terrific. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's not only, first of all, I feel blessed because I think what you're doing is so tremendous. But on the flip side, I think what you're doing is also something that can help a lot of other people too in succeeding with their um, PR efforts and their cause marketing and, and, and what have you. Um, but you guys really exceeded your goals because your, your goals really were to establish 25% share of voice for the Komen Foundation during 2006, right? Right. And you got 58%. Right. Right, which is phenomenal. Um, And then I think some of the national media hits were so key for us. You know, we'd really wanted to have this one national broadcast story because we know the month is so busy and mm-hmm. so cluttered and the media were so great. The folks at the Today Show are so passionate. Um, Ann Curry has been a wonderful advocate for us. So having, you know, a wonderful spot on the Today Show. Ellen DeGeneres is, is quite a passionate cancer advocate and so having us on a couple of times and then getting to do some business side of things, focusing with CNBC and MSNBC were tremendously helpful for us. Absolutely. Now, what did, what did Ellen do for you? We did a couple of different segments. Um, one, and Don, maybe you want to talk about this with our health expert. Um, yeah, we did. A, um, we did a segment on National um, Mammography Day, and so what we did was we helped get a mammography machine, um, the, one of the mobile units, to um, Ellen's studio, and they everyone in the audience got mammograms, including Ellen. And then um, our Dr. Cheryl Perkins, who is our senior um, senior clinical advisor, mm-hmm. um, was in the audience to answer some specific questions Ellen had about um, mammography. 
That's so terrific. Now, how long from concept to fruition did it take to get that story? <laughs> <laughs> that was about that one. Um, from concept to from concept to fruition was probably about a year, but um, the actual pitching started um, in September um, because they're they're just a shorter lead time on their planning for their shows, mm-hmm. so you can't call too far out. Right. But um, we um, we actually had an had just kind of a mention and some information about some corporate partners earlier in October. And then National Mammography Day was um, the third week of October. So that was basically three straight weeks of pitching that story and really making sure that we could come through with our promises with a mobile mammography unit, which is not as easy as it sounds. You no, know, I can imagine. Oh, my God. And getting, and I mean, going through her entire audience, but... Well, and they, they bid on the story, like, um, we had two days, basically, to turn it around from the time <laughs> that they bid on the story to, to get the m- m- mobile mammography unit to her studios in LA. So we were luckily able to work with some of um, some of the groups that come in funds in the LA area to make that happen. God, good for you. And how about the Today Show? You know, we have met with them several times. <clears throat> At the time, um, like I said, Anne, is, Anne was previously a, a member of our board back in the day and mm-hmm. it's just always been so passionate about um, our issues. And really that was something, kind of, again, the short lead pitching. And from that opportunity, it helped really inform our strategies for this year. We actually went up and met with several of the producers. And as a result, um, we were on just last week. And so we're a couple of our partners. And we'll be on again this weekend because there's just so many different activities. And I think what's amazing is they definitely see with an issue that's such a that is so important that they are able to construct multiple segments around that. So it's not kind of just a one shot and done. Some are really educational based. Last week was all about Major League Baseball and the pink bats and pink wristbands that you saw <laughs> and the, the um, stadiums around the country. And then this weekend we're talking about another one of our important corporate, corporate partner programs with BMW and the Ultimate Drive. So it's just been a great relationship that we built with them, and they've been wonderful in helping us think of story content that would be meaningful to their viewers. That's terrific. So on top of it, I mean, which is great, you know, that you have Ann Curry um, so enrolled, you, they've actually helped you come up with great content. Absolutely, because, you know, again, it's, it's about what's most meaningful mm-hmm. for the person sitting at home watching. And they and know who knows the their viewers best but right. them. So together we've kind of worked and said, Here what, here's what would be meaningful. We've all worked together. They've shared feedback when their readers, you know, or their viewers write in or send messages on the website just to kind of figure out, okay, what do we need to be structuring that's most meaningful to people? Yeah, absolutely. My goodness. I mean, you guys have just done so much work here. We've barely scratched the surface because you, you know, you conducted interviews in 22 markets and you you did satellite uh, tours and all sorts of phenomenal things. But I think the most important thing is, is that you are making a huge difference and that you do have a unified voice that resonates so well with the community that it's intended to reach. Um, And my goodness, I just wish you guys the best of luck on June 14th. Don and Emily, you guys have been tremendous interview, and I would love if you would do me the honor of coming back and uh, expounding more on the fabulous work you do. We would love to. You Thank do. you so much for having us on. Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy. My fingers and toes will be crossed for you come June 14th. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> you enjoy. All right, everyone. We will be right back. Another fabulous interview coming up. Do not move. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. And what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately $144,000. About one hundred fifty grand. That's correct. Okay, great. You have had eBay by rent.com and shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, 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 be the master of your domain. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had, $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts, too. <laughs> domain Masters, only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain. Okay, well, how do I get my engine started? 
Is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit EngineReady.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns, search engines, banner ads, email, and more. EngineReady strategic marketing software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with EngineReady, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push. Welcome to the 11th Annual International Web Award Competition. Walk the red carpet as the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the Web Awards, recognizing the best websites in 96 different industries. Winners receive a beautiful image plaque or certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from the expert judges, links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site, and a free press release from PR Web. So the winner goes to... Well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Go to www.webaward.org to enter and win. Hurry, deadline for entry is May 31st. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beamers aboard, Mr. Scott. For out of this world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $28 off. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin. Welcome back to this very special edition of Cover Story with our special focus on the Silver Anvil Awards. Uh, And, wow, I am blown away by this submission um, and finalist status. I have with me today Alan Korn, who is Director of Public Policy for Safe Kids Worldwide, and Jennifer Shipper, who is Senior Vice President for Enveronics Communications, a North American Public Relations Agency, and their finalist entry is Safe Kids Week 2006, Safe Pools for Safe Kids, and it's uh, under the Public Service slash Partnerships Division. Welcome, both of you. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Wow. You guys blow me away in regard to creating partnerships. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's actually because of uh, the Safe Kids founding sponsor, Johnson & Johnson, that we were able to do this initiative, but we're all very proud of it. It's tremendous. I'm going to, and this is a little lengthy one, just so everyone gets a scope of it. I'm going to read the background on the campaign. Um, and then we're going to delve into it because I personally am blown away and it does it takes a lot to blow me away. So uh, here we go. Safe Kids USA, SKUSA, is part of the Safe Kids Worldwide Global Network of Organizations whose mission is to prevent accidental childhood industry, which is a leading killer of children 14 and under in the U.S. While SKUSA is a relatively small organization with less than 50 full-time employees. So I want everyone to pay attention. <laughs> Much of its strength can be attributed to a growing legion of affiliated community-based safety organizations organizations. More than 300 state coalitions deliver SKUSA's educational messages and programs in cities and towns across the nation, providing crucial grassroots arms and legs. SKUSA's most far-reaching communications vehicle is Safe Kids Week, SKW, an annual initiative to educate the public about one specific area of child injury prevention. The theme for SKW 2006 was pool and spa safety. I live in Florida. Um, because drowning is a second leading cause of accidental death to kids ages 1 to 14. Each year, more than 780 American children die as a result of accidental drowning, and 3,700 are treated in emergency rooms after near drowning. Among those cases from 1985 to 2004, at least 33 children ages 14 and under died as a result of pool and spa drain entrapment, and nearly 100 children were seriously injured. But according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, 
CPSC, the number of deaths caused by drain entrapment could be much higher than reported. Entrapment is generally a little-known hazard, so it's possible that many drowning deaths have not been classified as entrapment. The statistics and the CPSC's concerns were enough for SKUSA to justify a national public education campaign on pool and spa safety in general, with a special focus on drain entrapment and entanglement. In addition, Nancy Baker, daughter-in-law to former Secretary of State James Baker, pay attention people, approached uh, approached the organization with her family tragic story and offered to play a key role in this campaign. Very important. Safe Kids Week 2006 was comprised of five main components, a national media campaign, a grassroots program with its coalitions, a national retail program, a national advertising program, and government relations. It was supported by one of SKUSA's most important allies its founding sponsor Johnson & Johnson J&J with Enveronics Communications Incorporated providing public relations in-depth counsel and implementation <sighs> <laughs> it was that fun. only scratches the surface <laughs> I, I, seriously I am so impressed I am I, 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 alright so <laughs> I, I have the papers people y'all are gonna have to wait for me um, so let's start let's start talking about this so every year you focus on something different and this is very I mean I, I live in Florida and there's a pool pretty much in every backyard and it's, it's it is scary because you think it is scary you know just to start off Brandy preventable injuries injuries that could be prevented to children are the number one killer and disabler of kids across the nation. Preventable injuries, putting a bike helmet on them or mm-hmm. striking them into a car seat or supervising them actively around a pool. And if we educate parents and put proper uh, legislation and other indicators in place, we can keep them safe from, from dying, which is a big deal. Safe Kids Week is the largest, most far-reaching communications vehicle for Safe Kids worldwide in the U.S. and around the world. And it's because of all the components that are used to educate American families how to keep their children safe, be it media relations or government relations or advertising or a retail program or the wonderful events that are happening across the nation by the Safe Kids Coalitions. Every year, we pick a different theme to educate the nation on, and in 2006, we decided to educate the nation on pool and spa safety, mm-hmm. and it's because of the research we did that showed that there was such a need. Which is very true. I mean, ignorance, unfortunately, is not bliss, and there's things that you can do that can make things a lot easier and, and, and unburden people um, so they don't unnecessarily have issues like this. This was such a huge undertaking, and how you people wove this, I think, is such a brilliant example of how to leverage um, partnerships. It was, it, was, it was key to the whole process because mm-hmm. you, in, in order to, to have the vaccine of prevention, you have to have a component from several different characteristics in order to prevent the injuries. Jennifer, meant, you know, most people think that it's obesity or uh, diabetes or cancer that's killing kids, and it is. That mm-hmm. is a big issue and deserves lots of attention. But the most likely way a child's going to end up in an emergency room or a little bit morbid but reality in a coffin, I know that's kind of right. Right. To no, say is unintentional injury. So one of the good things about Safe Kids Week, which we did last year in 2006 and just about every year, is get to it in a scientifically sound manner. And what that means is you got to have good research. Mm-hmm. You got to know the risk area, how it happens, when it happens, who it happens to, and then you implement or implicate the other aspects: government action, great media to mm-hmm. educate, the grassroots where we use our state and local offices around the country to actually do poolside demonstrations, pass laws in their uh, local communities, either statewide or other, or other, and having good sponsors or partners from the private sector, both pediatricians, corporations like Johnson & Johnson. You have to do all of that really to make a dent in the, the injury prevention or in the death numbers, which is what our goal is. Absolutely. So let's so let's talk about first. Let's let's touch briefly on the research, and then let's talk about um, you know what you were looking for in regards to um, measured results, and then the execution. Because I really this is a this is a very complex um, execution of the, of your campaign. So let's talk about the various components and how you maximize each relationship. Terrific. Well, if we start with the research, and Alan, type in any time. Yeah, yeah. Um, we gathered uh, drowning injury and de- death data from both national, state, and local data sources, such mm-hmm. as the National Drowning Prevention Alliance. 
And uh, then we did also did a national survey of parents to measure their awareness of drowning hazards. And what the parental survey showed us is that one-third of parents recognize that drowning is indeed one of the top two causes of accidental death among children, but that 66% were not really familiar with the threat of drain entrapment and entanglement. And I, I have to admit, I as a parent wasn't aware about this either. I mean, I'm not either, to be honest. No, I'm not either. Can we briefly touch on that? Because I felt silly almost sure. asking. Sure. Uh, Go ahead, Al. Actually, it came, yeah, it came, it came to us. I didn't, I mean, here, I, I've been working for Safe Kids for 12 years and hadn't heard of the issue. It took a very high-profile death right here in the Washington, D.C. area of a high-profile family. It was Secretary of State James Baker's granddaughter, Nancy Baker's mm-hmm. daughter, and she came to us you know, literally with tears in Absolutely. her eyes, but also in a very professional manner like it has been a couple years since my child has died, and I'll explain to you how it happened. It's a little bit difficult to, to hear, but it's, it's, it's what important. happened. Absolutely. She said, what can we do about it? And we heard her story. It happened on a summer afternoon at a neighbor's pool, and the, her children were playing at a birthday party, Plenty of adults around the pool. Mm -hmm. This child got sucked into the bottom of a spa with such force that it took two adults far too late to save her to break the seal. It was her buttocks that got attached to the bottom of the spa. Well, that child basically, or literally, drowned at the bottom of the pool. Nancy, I mean, if you hear her story, it's just horrific. She had to jump in. She couldn't understand what was happening. Nobody really knew how to turn off the spa. There was no emergency mechanism there. And the child died in her arms at the bottom of this spa. How horrific. as we did our research, we found out that it happens far more than you think it does, and it is completely preventable. So it was that kind of story, and then the research behind us that said, hey, let's do something about it, which triggered the theme along with general uh, pool safety. Mm-hmm. Which is so important because, I mean, and this is a sad thing to say, but my God, not only are you preventing deaths, but there's also such a horrible footprint left behind on people that were there that feels so helpless and not being able to save someone. Information's power, my God. One of the things I said to Nancy when she mm-hmm. came to us, and uh, uh, you know, and, and it's such a difficult thing for a a, a parent who has lost a child to never take happen. on the responsibility to try to help others, mm-hmm. and we deal with that all the time. And I remember saying this to her at that very first meeting, and she repeats it to me often now. That you know, Nancy, there may, and that's an underlying word, there may be fifteen minutes a day in which you're not thinking about your daughter Graham. If you choose to take this on with us and do it the right way, we are going to intrude on that 15 minutes. And that's something she has to be comfortable with, as if she needs more reasons to remind her of her daughter's death by testifying before Congress, by doing the media, by being a spokesman Mm -hmm. for our uh, partnership, uh, our program, we will be intruding on that. And she did it with flying colors. And she did it great. And is still doing it to this day because the job is not done. Of course not. But you know what? I'm sure for her, knowing the pain that she went through, it's a wonderful contribution to make because she couldn't save her daughter. It wasn't wasn't her fault, but now she can empower people with information to make sure that no other children and no other families go through this again. Well, she certainly is empowering people. She she does deserve a huge amount of credit mm-hmm. for getting involved with all of us on this. And we're so grateful she is because our research also showed that uh, 49% of parents reported that they have a pool or a spa in their home or they're planning to put one in. So the, the use of these devices is growing, and so we have to educate people about this issue so that they are keeping their children safe. Absolutely. What I'd like to do is we're going to go to a quick commercial break now that we understand uh, the very heavy and, and heart-rending backstory to this. We're going to start talking about making a difference because from what I understand, my goodness, people received more than every house in America received more than 10 messages regarding this campaign. We will be right back. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Your search engine has sent your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. 
best of the web, the Internet's oldest directory, BOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the best of the web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions. 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's Clicksore.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Tracks all new version six. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes: Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk: you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future. Into a fortune. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro Babin. Welcome back to this very special edition of Cover Story, where we are interviewing the finalists for the Public Relations Society of America's Silver Anvil Awards, the Oscars for the public relations community. And we are having a very intense conversation with Alan Korn, who is the Director of Public Policy for Safe Kids Worldwide, and Jennifer Shipper, who is the Senior Vice President for um, Enveronics Communications Incorporated, a North American public relations agency, for their submission, uh, Safe Kids Week 2006, Safe Pools for Safe Kids, under the Public Service Slash Partnerships um, submission category, and talk about leveraging partners. You guys are like the partnership gurus. So now that we heard the horrible backstory to this, you know, we're going into some positive forward motion. Um, let's start talking if we can, um, and, and either one of you obviously chime in. We, you had the government, you know, you really went, you went to, you went to the hill on this. We did. We did. What We had two objectives for this campaign. One was to uh, educate American parents on the steps they need to take to keep their kids safe from drowning due to pool and spa incidents. But the other thing we wanted to do was introduce legislation, which Alan can talk about more, to really make an impact so that pools could become safer. And so the, our public relations and government relations and all our other marketing efforts were used in tandem to really fuel both objectives. The first thing that we did was we held a national news conference at the Reflecting Pool near, near Capitol Hill mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., which kicked off the campaign. And we had uh, former Secretary of State James Baker there, who it was the first time he had made a public appearance about the unfortunate death of his granddaughter. And he was there with his daughter-in-law, Nancy Baker. And we had them standing in front of 99 life-size silhouettes representing a number of children that drown in pools and spas in one summer. And we unveiled the results of all the research that we have done, all the stats and facts that we had done. And we made a call to the nation for the introduction of, a, of national legislation called the Pool and Spa Safety Act. Which is so important. Okay. Yeah. And Alan, do you want to tell, talk a little bit about that act? Yeah, well, I, I, first off, I found it particularly moving. Uh, you know, here's Secretary of State James Baker, who was uh, chief of staff to Ronald Reagan, uh, chief of staff for George Bush, secretary of state uh, for the country, has seen and done a lot and has probably witnessed uh, uh, things that are uncomfortable and uh, in the world and w- wars and diplomacy. And her, telling his story brought him to tears in public, which I think is a comment on just... Just the the tragedy that is uh, uh, losing a 
a granddaughter or someone you love, especially when it's so preventable. And thankfully, the secretary and his family were, were willing to help us up on Capitol Hill to take the legislative component of that to prevent it. And what we did is we found a member of Congress, Brandy, from your home state, Florida. Yes. Her name is Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman mm-hmm. Schultz. Absolutely. Uh, she's actually made quite a name for herself in, in the short time she's been up there. And she, was, she had done a lot as a state legislator as a state legislator in Florida on pool and spa safety, quite frankly, as you mentioned, because, right, because there's every pool and, you know, every home in Florida has got themselves a pool. Absolutely. The, she, we helped with her to craft legislation to make pools safer, both from the federal agency point of view. In other words, let's come up with some standards Absolutely. that help pools be uh, safer, designed better using some of the safety devices that are on the market. And the other was to help motivate the states, at the, obviously at the state level, mm-hmm. to use some of these devices. And we uh, were able to introduce legislation uh, in the House and the Senate. Senator Allen from Virginia mm-hmm. um, uh, took the carried the water, so you know, so to speak, on the Senate side. And the one thing I'll mention about that: when you can get Senator George Allen from Virginia, and a Republican, and the Democrat Debbie Wasserman Schultz, right, on the same bill, <laughs> right, you right. know you're on the side of right because those two probably don't agree on anything ever, except when it came to this bill and protecting our kids, which lended great credibility to the messaging up on Capitol Hill. Right, because you these align two the houses. Agree, mm-hmm. Then. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe we should be moving forward on this. Absolutely. Now, as an aside, when they when these when these um, different bills were were brought, um, you know, to the house, did they talk about you know insurance? Like when you're insuring companies, when you're insuring you know for pools and for your house to have these safety devices added, so that maybe you're getting some sort of a rebate off of your insurance if. One of the things the that did come practices. up during the bill, which ended mm-hmm. with, during the discussions, which did not end up in the bill, mm-hmm. but was an interesting concept that uh, as you sell a house, mm-hmm. in order to put your house on the market, if you have a pool in Florida, mm-hmm. as part of the inspection process, mm-hmm. you have to have the anti-entrapment drain comforts, the safety Good. vacuum releases, the Good. fencing around the pools. Good. Uh, that provision didn't survive, not because it wasn't a good provision, but that the members decided, why wait for someone to sell a house? Right. Let's get it done now. Absolutely, because lives are lost now. And I think the most important thing is the fact that, oh my God, not only is a is, is there um, a, a child loss in this, but it, but it is. It's that imprint that stays in the family and that loss of control. Not that we ever truly have control, but my God, that loss of control that you feel that you had. And that stains the family forever. Yeah, you know? It's something that follows you forever. When you, even if you have a near experience, oh it God. follows you forever. I've had a, you know, a small near experience with my own son in a pool uh, in South Carolina, where uh, he, you know, jumped in the pool without his little safety vest on, and there were parents standing around everywhere, and he was drowning. Now I jumped in with my clothes on and grabbed him out. It was only seconds, but let me tell you, your world comes crashing down oh, yeah. immediately when you contemplate that idea. And that's why this vaccine of prevention is so important. You don't want anybody to experience that at any time. No, and absolutely. And everything is, you know, and I think that the mantra for for going forward just in general should be preventative, preventative, preventative. You know, we should be offensive instead of defensive. And this is what you're doing. Now, let's talk about Johnson & Johnson. Um, Now, their relationship with Turner Broadcasting allowed you to, they produced, Turner produced for free, um, your PSAs and in, in, in three celebrity spots. That's right. That's right. So thanks to their wonderful relationship with Turner Broadcasting, mm-hmm. we were able to broadcast television and online PSAs produced all free of charge. And there were three celebrity spots with Chipper Jones and Grant Hill and three advertorials on CNN with Dr. Martin Eichelberger, who is the chairman of Safe, at the time was chairman of Safe Kids Worldwide. And we did one spot on Cartoon Network as well. And uh, Turner put all the campaign safety messaging on their websites too, such as CNN.com and AOL.com. So to have that kind of exposure going into every American household parallel with all the media relations and the government relations activities was terrific. But we didn't stop there. We kept going. Mm-hmm. And um, through the, the Safe Kids coalitions, there were over 300 Safe Kids coalitions across the country, grassroots, grassroots organizations, 
that held over 840 safety events in all of their local communities that attracted over 400,000 participants across the nation, and they educated them in in hands-on safety fairs about pool and spa safety. And at these fairs, we distributed lots of information. But also because of J&J, we had great uh, input from all of the J&J retail partners, Mm -hmm. such as Walgreens, who distributed what we call take-one information. It's point-of-purchase information at retail, uh, freestanding inserts and more that provided great public education on the issue. So between the media relations and the advertising and the safety education fairs that were happening and what was happening at retail as well, we were able to get out over 1.3 billion impressions to uh, American households, which, as you said, meant that uh, every household on average received 10 safety messages from us about pool and spa safety issues during the week of Safe Kids Week. God, that's And it, and it worked. My, my, my brother, who lives in uh, said, Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. was putting in a, a spa in his backyard. And, of course, I sent him the materials, and he read through them, and he said to the gentleman who was installing his spa, do, do I need anti-entrapment drain covers? And this guy's been a pool service... The guy for Specialist, 17 years, right. he said, I've been doing this for 17 years. Nobody has ever asked me about that. How did you know about it? And we've heard stories like that on and on. When you have that many impressions, when you have that much attention right. going on, you know it's starting to resonate and people are starting to ask when they open their pools for these type of safety devices. Which is so, I mean, it's so important because not only, I mean, if you if you have kids, if you don't have kids, and at the end of the day, and this is a horrible thing to say, we live in a very litigious world. So if I ever had the pleasure of meeting either of you and you had children and I, you know, you're coming into town with your family and you came to my lovely home in Florida and we had a picnic and, and something happened to your child in my pool, even though perhaps I, I mean, I have children, but, you know, let's say my children aren't there. I, I am now not only morally responsible, but I'm also now financially responsible. So people need to think, you know, be forward thinking as well, unfortunately, because it is a litigious world out there. In, in fact, one of the, the, the most common ways for children uh, to die from drowning is, is the entrapment is an issue. It happens far less than just want unfettered access to backyard pools. A neighbor's child wandering into a neighbor's pool. And before you know it, the child goes missing and they find them uh, in the pool. That's why another component of this mm-hmm. program was about the barriers around pools to prevent that unfettered access to children. Right. That is really important. You can do things to make these these um, these uh, pools safer. You know, we want kids out swimming. We want them out right, exercising. We great. want them to out, mm-hmm. out have fun during the summer. Safely. But you've got to do it in a safe environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, this is amazing. So the, the budget provided by Johnson & Johnson was $700,000. 227 of that was for media relations, and 150,000 was for coalition events and public education materials, and then 323,000 was for, for you for additional activities, like the government relations and all of that. Mm-hmm. My God, okay, so, and I find this very interesting. So you got 100, 1.3 billion impressions were made through media relations, advertising, retailing, and your coalition activities. But when you look specifically, and this is so interesting, I think this is so important for partnerships. Your site only got, under the pool safety, only got 72,000 unique visits. Correct? Yes. But, so it, it's truly, it's the partners, the people that, that are the trusted, and not that you're not trusted, I don't mean it like that, but, you know, the CNNs, the, the Johnson & Johnson, the Walgreens, the places that have captive audience where you the news outlets the new true you know and i'll tell you a story one of the the moments that gave me goosebumps was the day after our press conference uh thanks to alan's great work we were able to get a senate education hearing and both he and nancy baker testified wow and senator allen was the chairman of the education hearing and at the beginning of the education hearing he said i've seen all the news coverage because we were on larry king live and you know great outlets and he said i've seen all the news coverage and i'm more convinced than ever Mm -hmm. that this is an important issue we need to address it and for for a PR person, that was just a magical moment to know that our media relations efforts could make an impact like that, that here's the chairman of the education hearing who now really re- recognizes how important this issue was. So you're, you're right. It's all the different partners and elements that are making the impact that together make this so magnificent. You know, Brandy, here's another stat real quickly. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy told me that after the death she, of her daughter, she mm-hmm. started researching this, and she Googled drain entrapment. She got three hits. Wow. You 
Googled, she Googled drain in, entrapment a month after mm-hmm. our event, mm-hmm. page after page after page after page Brilliant. after page, 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 page of information about entrapment, about drowning. And that tells you that the program worked. It got the message out there. And to this day, it is still getting out there. Oh, absolutely. And my God, to be able to say that each household in the USA received on average, on average, 10 messages regarding this specific cause, you guys have done above and beyond. I mean, you, you personify and embody everything that PR stands for and for something that's such a positive, um, positive approach. Wow. We heard from hotel chains who had called us and said, you know, oh my, we hadn't heard about this issue. I mean, hotel, every hotel you go to has got a pool in it. Right. In fact, we know a family that had a child who died in a, in a, in a hotel pool. I think someone's Uh, dying now behind you, God forbid. That's that's Washington, D.C. That that could be the president going by or that could be uh, something worse yet. The, uh, and so they were even uneducated about this issue of entrapment, and they're starting to now take these devices, which aren't expensive, by mm-hmm, the way, mm-hmm. uh, to put them on the pools to kind of have that preventive mm-hmm. layer of protection uh, for drowning. That's amazing. I mean, my God. And then you guys leveraged the relationship with Johnson & Johnson, the money that Johnson & Johnson put out, specific for this campaign, and I'm assuming that they looked at it from a power buy perspective, and you guys got more than $2 million worth of free advertising, including more than 1,000 TV spots 300 million household impressions from Turner Broadcasting, plus 10 million online impressions. Um, a benchmark survey by Harris before and after the campaign demonstrated increased familiarity. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, above and beyond. Retail materials were developed in partnership with TJ Paul. You guys did a phenomenal you did a phenomenal job. Well, thank you. And the most important thing is we hope we saved a, a number of lives from the, all of these efforts. That's why we're doing it. I mean, the Johnson & Johnson credo speaks so perfectly to why we're doing this. It's for the benefit of the American public. And, and you know what? I think, first of all, I'm a big believer in um, what you give out is what you get back. And I think it's neat that you guys get to do something that you wake up every day and feel great about. We had, um, you know, Susan uh, G. Komen on just prior to you. And, and my personal passion is truly to be involved with charities and really um, help spread the word because at the end of the day, um, we can make this place a better, a better, we can make this world a better place to live if everyone just contributes in a level that they can contribute and be very mindful and, and careful of their surroundings. I would love to invite you guys back and to talk about, because this was such an intricate campaign, helping people. I'd love to do a show specifically on helping people to execute such a complex campaign in a Especially dealing with the government in the way that you did. Um, I think that would really um, breathe a lot of positive light and, and life into um, our a show dedicated specifically to that. So hopefully, now that I've got you on the spot, you'll do that for me. <laughs> I'm happy to. Yay. Okay. So I look forward to meeting you guys June 14th. Congratulations on not only doing phenomenal work, but also your finalist status for the Silver Anvil Awards. Thank you. And um, my goodness, thank you again, Jennifer Shipper, Senior Vice President of an, of an uh, of Enveronics. I was doing so good at not stuttering today. Uh, communications, uh, a PR agency, and Alan Korn, Director of Public Policy for Safe Kids Worldwide. Wow, I salute you. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you very much. All right, enjoy. Everyone, continue, uh, continue listening. We've got more fabulous programming come on, coming up. And of course, next week, more fabulous finalists from the Silver Anvil series. We'll be back.